Hello and welcome to An Evening with Nirvana. It's a podcast where I'm talking to a series of guests from the Doom community, talking about mapping, we're talking about level design, other facets of game development. Today on the podcast, I'm talking to Decino, who, if you've ever looked for Doom content on YouTube, you're likely to have heard of. He's one of the biggest Doom creators around, creating UV saveless playthroughs of some of the toughest squads going, and his analysis videos deep diving into the wonderful weirdness of Doom's code. Great to have you on the podcast today. Welcome to Cena. Thank you, uh, Nirvana, for the introduction. Um, uh, I feel quite honored to sit on this uh, virtual seat, so to speak, because there were a lot of um, prolific and very important people sitting on this seat. So it's quite special that uh, I can uh, join this little podcast. Yeah, oh, it's nice to see. Yeah. It's an honor to have you, the Cena, frankly. Always been an honor to have all my guests, really. Always a great discussion. Uh, so, <laughs> obviously, it was a little difficult preparing for this one, I'll say, because uh, you have a quite a lengthy Q&A on your uh, YouTube channel <laughs> where you've answered like a lot of questions, but uh, I put some effort into trying to um, integrate them a little bit and hopefully we can expound on them. But unfortunately, this one you have answered in your Q&A and uh, in other places too. But just for a refresher, for anyone who hasn't seen your videos, how did you get introduced to Doom in the first place? Uh, I love that question. I'll try to include some more um, information that I haven't shared yet Ooh, so to make it a bit more special. Yeah. Um, I was a bit of a late bloomer, or actually the household was a bit of a late bloomer. Like my father, I think, brought Doom to our house uh, in the late 90s, maybe in 99. Uh, I was barely conscious back then, so uh, didn't really have many memories of that, but he, I believe he brought Doom 95. I think we had all Dooms, including Final Doom. And some of my earliest memories were uh, me playing um, E3M8 with my sister. We um, had an interesting a way to play Doom, like I would use the arrow keys or she would use the arrow keys and then the other person would use the control to shoot and space to uh, open doors. So kind of like wow. a tandem Doom. Yeah, we we play, actually played a lot of games like that because uh, we had a computer, didn't really have like two joysticks to play together or let alone have games that had a cooperative gameplay. So we uh, were quite creative in that uh, sense. But um, Earliest memory was E3M8, uh, encountering the Spider Mouseman for the first time and being absolutely scared. And <laughs> we ran away from the computer, hit behind the couch, and we just shut off the game because uh, we didn't expect such a huge enemy there. Wow. And another early memory is Go to It, mm-hmm. uh, because of the, well, the ridiculous amount of Mankibai that you encountered at the start. That for some yeah. reason, I just never forgot about that and how shocked I was, how difficult this game can get. And yeah, I was just really young. I just had other games to play. I was a huge uh, Nintendo uh, nerd back then. Mm-hmm. Um, like I had the Game Boys, I had uh, Nintendo 64, the Super Nintendo, uh, GameCube. And yeah, eventually I just kind of forgot about Doom until the mid-2000s. And this is where Nintendo is relevant because, um, don't tell the cops, but my father had a flashcard for the Game Boy Advance. I'm so I could flash any game. 
and I thought, you know what? Uh, I'm going to try Doom on a GBA. Like, I do remember Doom, and um, I think I tried to play it on the computer before that, but uh, it required DOS, and you had to do some uh, hacks, and I didn't know anything about computers back then. I didn't know about DOSBox. I don't even know if, if it existed back then, probably. But uh, you also had to mess with the compatibility settings to Windows 98. I have no idea, but yeah, right. I never got Doom to work properly because I thought it was a DOS-only game. Yeah. And I had no idea that source ports were a thing. So I thought, you know, I want to try Doom. And, well, it doesn't work on the computer, so I'll try the game where it's fast. And I played Doom 1 and Doom 2, and I thought, huh, this is actually pretty cool. The, it was my first time beating the games. You beat both and, of the games on Game Boy Advance. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. And the Doom 1 version is pretty cursed. I think it's based on the Jaguar <laughs> version, but the final level was like Fortress of Mystery, and I thought, wow, where's the... Where's the spider that I remembered from the from the past? Mm. And I believe Doom Two did introduce her again, but um, Doom Two was also quite cursed. Like some maps were split in two, like the Chasm and the Industrial Zone. I have some good memories about the game, but uh, thinking back, it was weird. And that was my real first conscious introduction to Doom. Mm-hmm. And then, um, let me think. I think I downloaded Doomsday Engine. Like, I kind of did some Googling. Um, there was this website called olddoom.com. I think it was run by Jake Gilbert, I think was his name. Hmm. And he basically had, like, this, yeah, uh, personal website about Doom. Like, he recommended source ports. He recommended Watts. And I think one of the source ports was Doomsday Engine. And one of the recommended Watts was Have Revealed. Ah, right. And that's kind of how I got into PWATS. I don't know if I'm going too fast or if, you're, if you were about I to ask. I didn't have that question that coming question. up. I did, yeah. but it's fine. Okay, well, then here's your answer. Um, that's how I got into PWATS. And of course, I got into a review too. And I pretty much beat both of those with, well, cheats. Because I, uh, I, I was really young and I was a kid. I wasn't really into Doom that much. It was just a fun experience to just see what people built. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm having, having a bit of a blank here. Uh, so you got into yeah, so pretty early, like pretty quickly I, yeah, you I, were sort of seeking out extra content. I want to say I beat, I reviewed one and two before I actually beat Ultimate Doom and Doom 2. Oh, okay. That's what I wanted to say. Um, yeah, I never really got into the iWatts for some reason, like until I did the, the YouTube series. I think in my old videos I mentioned, like, eh, I don't know this map that well because I maybe practiced it once and then recorded the video. Yeah. But um, the, the PWATs, I started with those and also with Plutonia. I was really into Plutonia and TNT. Mm-hmm. I think I like TNT more because of the atmosphere, but now I prefer Plutonia for the combat design. But it was in the mid-2000s, and then again, uh, the Wii came out, and I was back to Nintendo. I got really into Guitar Hero, like, competitively. Competitive actually Guitar have a, Hero? Yeah. I want to hear about. Guitar Hero 3. Like, I actually went to um, competitions and stuff. 
and I did one second place in one of them, oh, and I still I still feel really scammed because first place was like an Xbox 360 with um, a drum kit for Guitar Hero 4 and a guitar, like an entire set worth at least 500 euros or something. Mm-hmm. And second prize was a mouse pad. Yeah. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> it didn't scale well. They put like the drum kit on for prize two or something, you know, give you something. Yeah. That's unbelievable. Yeah, and it was just a plain mouse pad. Well, it was one of those long rectangular ones that you, that you can put your keyboard uh, on top of it. Well, it's something. Um, what a third place. Yeah. I don't know. I honestly don't know. It was a very long time ago. This was... 2008, I think. Mm-hmm. I was, uh, I think I was a young teenager. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, so I got into Guitar Hero, and at the same time, I also got into Quake 2. Right. I thought, yeah, I told you I'm a late bloomer, but um, let's go back to when my father brought uh, Doom 95 home. Mm-hmm. He also brought Quake and Quake 2. Ah. And Quake 1 scared me shitless because of the zombies. Yeah, spooky. Like moaning sounds, and they're like these skinny, disfigured, human like creatures. It's, my imagination couldn't uh, handle it, so never got into Quake as a, as a kid. And Quake 2, we played multiplayer. So again, uh, my sister on the arrow keys, or me on the arrow keys. <laughs> And we just used control to shoot. And I believe we used page up and page down the keys. And uh, I think end uh, to look up and down. And wow. would um, uh, reset your view to, uh, uh, to central or center. And yeah, we played Quake 2 a lot. Uh, we played three-way uh, capture the flag. Was this all on one keyboard it- still? Yes, yes. <laughs> wow. It- yeah, well, let's just say we were not the best teammates, but we had a lot of fun. So let's skip ahead 10 years. Again, during my Guitar Hero years, I discovered Quake 2 again. I'm not sure how, I think just nostalgia. Mm-hmm. And I got really, really, really into it. I, uh, again, very competitively, like I played uh, Action Quake 2, like that pseudo Counter Strike mod, but with insane speed and platforming, and it's ridiculous if you've played it you know what i mean but mm-hmm. yeah like you, you could bump into people kick off kick off uh, or knock off their weapons from their hands and stuff it was uh, it was insane like wow. quake 2 is definitely one of my best uh, multiplayer memories and i played stuff like gloom which is also like a competitive um humans versus aliens kind of game mode like very very creative uh way out of its time uh not sure if you've heard of uh, what's the name again? Uh, Natural Selection for is this, Half-Life. Is this, oh, it's Half-Life. No, no, I haven't. Okay. Well, I think Gloom was the predecessor. Mm-hmm. But um, it was like really well done. And Quake 2's anniversary is in, let me think, December? I think I want to show off all the mods that I used to play because they're, again, ahead of their time. And I just really cherish those uh, memories and then there was stuff like uh, a jump which is like a parkour kind of a mod so you just compete with hundreds of people for the best time in a jump level you just 
jump, double jump. Yeah, it seems to be common. Strafe in jump. A lot of games, yeah. yeah, especially with games that have the Quake engine as a base because the physics are just incredible. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Quake 2, very competitive. Also some RPG mods like uh, King of the Server and Vortex. Um, lots of mods. And that really inspired me also to make my own mods. And that's pretty much how I learned programming. So it was um, a huge influence on my life. And yeah, that lasted for quite a while. I mean, Quake 2 was kind of on life support already. I mean, the game was 10 years old. Right. So around the early 2010s, I think I call it quits. So the game was really old, so you decided to play a game that was 10 years older. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Now, I switched to a more modern game. So I went from Guitar Hero to Quake 2 to, you're never going to guess it, Minecraft. Hell yeah. Great game. Yeah. So Minecraft, I also played, it may sound weird, but it was a very competitive server. Is this the Battle Royale mode for Minecraft? This was before the Battle Royale. This was, um, what you could do is, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Minecraft, but you have like chunks, which are 16 by 16 uh, blocks of, yeah, land, you could say. And we ran a plugin where you could claim these chunks as your own. Mm-hmm. And then enemies were not able to destroy blocks. So you can kind of make like a base, protect it using this plugin. Mm-hmm. But you could still shoot TNT using TNT cannons to these bases. So, um, yeah, griefing was kind of encouraged uh, so in were a the, way. Were the base, like the blocks that you built the base out of, were they destructible, just not the ground beneath yeah. them? Yeah. Okay, sure. No, everything was destructible through TNT. TNT had no rules. Oh, okay. The only way to protect your base, for example, was to cover your base in water. Because okay. TNT cannot blow up any blocks if it explodes in water. But some people were smart enough to make sand cannons. So you could launch a piece <laughs> of sand onto the water and drain the water like that. Wow, that sounds like it was, it was It was amazing. It was really competitive. It was really mean as well. Like People were extremely, extremely mean to each other. It kind of was like a yeah, no rules kind of server. Um, mm-hmm. Very like like you raid a base of another faction. That was that was the name of the plugin, by the way. Factions. Um, you could make your own faction and then invite people and claim enemies uh, or allies and stuff like that. But yeah, I have some really good memories. I you could almost say I have a bit of a trauma, um, um, like. Sometimes you'd go to bed, like you would shut off your computer and think, crap, mm-hmm. what if they raid my base while I'm asleep? Oh, okay. Because that happens so sometimes. like rust or something where the server sort of stays. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. And even now, 10 years later, I still <laughs> sometimes dream that I'm getting raided. So it had quite an impact wow. in a way. Like I wake up all sweaty and and I'm like, oh, crap, did I get raided? No, wait, I haven't played for 10 years. What am I? I used to have a similar I... thing. I, I worked... I was a qualified chef for a long time in a kitchen and uh, when you're working in a kitchen you have like a bunch of things just going on at the same time you might have like stuff on the stove stuff in the oven stuff on the grill so in the back of my head I was always like did I leave something in the oven too long and then years later at just like random intervals I would have 
that thought of did I leave something in the oven, even though yeah, I wasn't it's... cooking anything or, or doing anything related to cooking. Just... It's crazy how the brain works. I also have it with uh, university. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you went to university, but I did. Um, you, sometimes I have a dream where I'm in a class and I think it's like the last course needed to get uh, my final credits. Mm -hmm. And then I'm in the class. I'm, I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Am I in the right? Am I in the right class or not? Or, oh crap! I didn't uh, buy the books or something like that. Right. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Not, I'm not gonna get the credits. It's like those life events that just will stick forever. I think, and even something stupid like Minecraft still is in my mind. I haven't really played the game competitively in yeah in a decade. I mean, sometimes. Uh, with friends, I play for like half an hour and then I get bored of it because I miss the um, the hardcore elements of the game. But right, yeah. Uh, so yeah, um, my point is um, the question was about Doom. Why am I talking about Minecraft? <laughs> yeah. Well, here it comes. I'm ready. When I was done um, with Minecraft, that's when I rediscovered Doom for the third time, and. Uh, I think I had a long break from video games in general. Like, um, Minecraft ended in 2014, I think. My competitive uh, scene. And then um, I kind of focused on uni. I kind of focused on myself. Like, I started working out and stuff and be more social because I was a bit of a uh, shut-in. So kind of wanted to grow my, yeah, social skills, personality. So I became a bit of a, a normal person, you could say, Yeah. for a, a couple of years. I still play it like sometimes uh, Quake. Uh, yeah, I rediscovered Quake, like Arcane Dimensions that looked cool. I think I recorded yeah. some videos of that I think so, on, yeah. my, on my uh, old channel, uh, The Sinos Junkyard, uh, my alternative channel, in case you didn't know it existed. I upload music to oh, it now. I saw but... it, yeah. Um, so I played that, I think, um, yeah, stuff like Series M3 was also a thing. So I still played, but not like competitively, like that was way too stressful. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, in late 2018, I thought, okay, I want to play Doom again, because I reviewed 1 and 2, I remember those very fondly, I want to kind of explore more. And also around that time, um, it's, it's actually... Maybe for another question about how or why I started YouTube, but um, basically in 2018 I rediscovered Doom, and then that's kind of how I continued until now. So well, I rediscovered Doom three times. Yeah. Yeah. So Doom, Quake Two, Minecraft, Guitar Hero, Doom, pretty much. The classic route, really, to do. Yeah, and then of course I didn't talk about. Pokemon, which I also played a lot as a kid. Um, Great game. A lot of games Great on my series. GameCube, and I played a lot of video games uh, back then. And mm -hmm. in the end, I stuck. I, I stick with Doom. It's the best one. Everyone always Period. comes back. I think. Uh, yeah, I, I was surprised. Like I listened to your podcasts of uh, the other Doomers, and they all have similar stories. Like they went from Doom to Quake, and then back to Doom. Yeah. There's something about there's Doom. Always, it just... seems like there's always you 
begin in the 90s or whatever and you play it a little bit as a kid and then you come back to it either uh, like one more time or you come back to it and then play it a bit and then you come back to it again later but you always come back yep uh, by the way i omitted a lot of uh details uh about doom um like in the late 2000s i actually made a, i made a mod i made some maps but um maybe that's for another question oh yeah well i do have one uh regarding some mapping stuff so we'll, we'll definitely yeah. get to that um so I, so I was gonna ask so like your videos have generally like a focus on challenge uh even from the beginning with hell revealed and stuff uh, a lot of your yeah. videos are based around uv saveless runs and other games like rack and serious sam are sort of challenge runs too a lot of the time um so i was gonna ask you when did you start enjoying difficult games but i suppose uh it seems that you've always had like a competitive streak with games like quake yeah. and minecraft and stuff do you think that that is mostly where it comes from just being a competitive person oh um well single player is very different from multiplayer course, um yeah. i think multiplayer has more uh, uh you have to rely more on your teammates and stuff so there's it's more stressful that's for sure because one mistake and your entire team fails pretty much mm -hmm. uh single player i think it didn't really start with Doom per se, uh, single player like challenges. I would even dare to say it started with the Super Nintendo. Mm -hmm. I had um, Super Mario All Stars, yep. which had the uh, well in Japan it's called Super Mario Brothers Two, and yep. internationally it's called The Last Levels, which was like this really. It was too challenging for um, non-Japanese people. <laughs> I think it's the urban uh, legend. Yeah, I think so they it's a bit it. of a myth. I think, I think yeah. there's some other story as to why it didn't get yeah. released. But. So I did play that, and even, I, I don't know how I did it, but I think I was not even seven or six years old, and I somehow beat it. I have no idea how, mm -hmm. but I did it. Um, I think I used war pipes, so it doesn't really count, but I did beat the game. And I think uh, beating a challenging game like that from very early on kind of hardwired me to just keep challenging me or uh, keep challenging myself uh, another very hardcore game maybe you're familiar with it is the the first rayman game i on the played it a little One. bit but yeah i don't, I don't know too much oh I, oh I, I mentioned i was a nintendo nerd but i did have a playstation one mm -hmm. so that was my my one and only playstation console never had a two which i kind of regret but i also missed out on the two yeah yeah, two had like Silent Hill two and three and a lot of other great games that I played at a friend's house, but I never actually owned the games myself. But um, so yeah, Rayman was also extremely hardcore. I don't think I ever beat it because you had to also um, get all the cages and stuff, and to actually go to the final level, and it was just way too much for me. But um, again, I did enjoy the the challenge, and I also really enjoyed how surreal the game was like um the environments were really strange and the music was either happy or very eerie it's a very atmospheric game i think it aged really well so if you haven't played it yet you should if you're liking a bullshit challenge <laughs> um but my point is that from a very young age i challenged myself with these games and 
yeah, it just stuck around. And I thought, you know, with Doom, it's a very complex game. Um, there's always room to learn, and that's cool. Um, there's a lot of different levels, um, a lot of creativity going on. I just want to see what people made, no matter how difficult it is. And yeah, it started yeah. with our reviews. So, yeah, I not think, the best uh, example. <laughs> well, we'll certainly get the whole reveal. But uh, I, I was also pretty similar as a kid. I Lost Levels is actually a major thing for me, too. I also beat that when I was a child and struggled through it a lot. But it, it was mostly having older brothers and just sort of wanting to play what they played. Like playing Chrono Trigger when I could barely read and, <laughs> and all these games. <laughs> things like that. So I definitely. Yeah. Uh, I definitely feel some sort of kindred nature to our, our upbringing in that respect. I wonder if it's a, like a common thing among other, like the more hardcore Doom players. Uh, there at that... least seems to be some amount of either competitive gaming or, uh, yeah, like wanting to seek out challenging games from an early age. Yeah. For sure. Uh, at least based on my interviews and, and talking to other people in the community. Um, so we're actually yeah. So two hell revealed. Uh, can you can you talk a little bit about your experience with that wad? And um, was this your first experience playing through a wad? At least when you recorded at Sablesphere Channel, was this your first uh, time sort of playing through a wad fully Sableless, like a challenging wad? With commentary, yes. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not entirely true. I think on my junkyard channel, I have an unlisted video of me. Playing through this was back then, back when Romero um, remade E1M4. Oh yeah. Um, I recorded that with commentary with my microphone uh, from my laptop. It sounded really bad, and I was stumbling over my words, and I sounded like a robot. Um, it was very soulful, but um, the only reason I recorded that was to gain clout from John Romero, right? Because you know, he was this, like, god in my eyes, like, oh, wow, he uh, made Doom. And I knew that he was quite active with, uh, like, responding to emails. So the only reason I recorded that was to send him an email and be like, hey, look, I made a video of your map. And, like, within minutes, I don't think he watched it, but he said, oh, wow, cool, thank you. And, yeah, that was, like, I think two years before I started the actual hero view playthrough but back in my head i did have for a very long time the idea to record videos uh, of any game mm-hmm. like with commentary and this was also back then when i was really into uh, a youtube channel called panacook uh, 2012 like he made a video that absolutely blew up and had a bit of a meme status but what he basically does is uh, he tries to beat Super Mario 64 uh, without pressing the A button on the on the controller. Right. So you cannot jump, pretty much. So what he does is he creates the like the most absurd glitches to like gain verticality or to just warp to places on the level without having to jump. Mm-hmm. And it, if you're really into like these technical kind of things, you should really check out his channel, Panukuk. Panon Koek 2012, uh, if you use the English pronunciation. But um, 
yeah, it like really explains well why uh, the stuff happens on the screen. Like he's very precise and very perfect. Um, and it was really inspiring. And um, well, I was also into programming myself. And yeah, I was slowly getting back into Doom again. And I thought, oh, oh yeah, Doom is open source. I can, uh, I can read the code and stuff. And um, but yeah, back to the point about the commentary. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was always on my head, uh, in my mind, to start a YouTube channel. I just wanted to commentate over why I play in a certain way or why I, um, yeah, beat the level like this, you know, stuff like that. And on top of that, I also wanted to talk about the the quirks or bugs or anything about Doom because the game got really interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Did you find that like your actual gameplay improved quite a bit playing through things Sableless uh, in the early stages? Yes. Um, it's a combination of gameplay and watching other people play. Yeah. And understanding how the engine works. Like, um, especially the, like stuff like the infighting threshold. Um, I didn't know how it worked before I made that video. So during her reviews, you may see me asking, oh, why is he not infighting back, you know? Yeah. But that's because the enemy didn't move enough and you shot him too early or something like that. So just going through the Doom Wiki, reading about all the engine quirks, uh, doing research myself, um, that improved my, um, my gameplay for sure. But of course, playing stuff like Sunlust also did. That really, uh, yeah. Oh, I'll get yeah. the sound list. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so if you take a look at the history of your your YouTube channel, um, it seems that sort of the video that or the videos that initially blew up were your like analysis videos, the early ones. Uh, I think yep. the first one you posted was, "Is it possible to be doomed without firing?" About um. Oh yeah, I also wanna I wanna talk about this video real quick. Mm-hmm. Again, I really wanted um, views, and in late 2018, it was really, it was a really popular topic to make videos about. Can you beat game X without Y? So, can you, right, sure. for example, can you beat Super Mario Brothers without collecting any coin? Like these were very, very, very popular, mm-hmm. and I thought, okay, uh, if I want to get some views, I need to make something. Similar, so I thought, okay, Doom has like pacifist demos. I can talk about them, and but I was a bit too strict with my rules because I think I said no shooting at all, not even swinging your fist. Right. And then I then I watched the E2MA demo, and four shock blast wakes up a lost soul by swinging his fist, and I'm like, oh crap, oh shit, <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't want to rewrite my script, so I just cut out the part where he swings his fist. Very, very sneakily. <laughs> oh, I still, uh, I want, I want to apologize for that, but I kind of broke my own rules. I think I mentioned it. I think I mentioned it in the episode four, uh, pacifist video. I think I did. Not exactly I sure. I think it's you need to post an apology officially. Yeah, yeah. I'll make a community post so between it... now and twenty twenty sixty six. Okay, so we just have to wait until you, you know. Uh, mid to late 60s and we should get a response yeah uh so i was gonna ask you 
like, did you have the idea in your head that this would reach, like, a larger audience? But I suppose you did. Like, that was exactly what you were attempting to do with those videos, and, and it kind of worked. Well, if you put this much effort into a video, of course you want people to watch it. You don't, I don't believe that people make a video just... Um, well, of course you can have fun making the video, but uh, it's always nice to have something in return. And in this case, yeah, it was views. Or feedback in the comments. It's always nice to have. Um, but no, I honestly did not expect a million views. Or, I don't know, is it 2 million already at, at this point? So maybe I'm... Uh, one of them is, yeah, 1.9 or something. I think maybe it's that one. Yeah, it's quite a lot. And that, I still cannot believe that. That is an insane number, for sure. Yeah, I, so, I think some um, last time I... Uh, ordered my videos by views I think I had five above one million I'm like what and of course it's the videos I'm least proud of but um, <laughs> well, can't have it all you know yeah like some videos I put so much effort into it like my last video about the disappearing projectiles like I did a lot of research about it and I did a lot of cool graphics and I actually wrote my own program to generate uh, sprites that move like from any angle that I've been using for uh, almost two years, I think. Like in that video with the monster uh, or the demon weapon, no, the demon stats speed uh, video. Right, yeah. The video that shows all the attributes of each demon. You see all these cool sprites that move around. I used the program for that, which I do want to release one day for other content creators, but it's a bit clunky right now. Mm -hmm. But... um. What was my point again? I kind of lost my train of thought. What was the question again? Uh, just about whether you thought those videos would uh, have oh, yeah. sort of reach outside of Doom. Sorry, my mind's a bit chaotic sometimes. Uh, no, I didn't. absolutely did not expect it, let alone even 10,000 subscribers, because Doom is a very niche kind of game. Yeah. Uh, Doom 2016 did bring back a bit of life, but then again... Doom 2016 kind of died after a year or so. Mm -hmm. Which is a great game, by the way. I love Doom 2016. Is, um, yeah. Oh yeah, that was... Um, again, I'm gonna go uh, on a little tangent here, but... <laughs> Doom 2016 came out before I got back into Classic Doom. It did not influence my Classic Doom uh, interest, by the way, but... Um, Doom 2016, again, was one of those games that was like very hardcore and challenging. Um, Zero Master beat Ultra Nightmare like on the same day, I think. Like, ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. And I, I also beat it like a couple of, I think a week after the game's release on Ultra Nightmare. Like, oh, I remember how sweaty I was. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Because uh, Doom 2016 is very unforgiving. Like, if you miss a jump, you pretty much just die. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have a desktop computer back then. I had this crappy laptop. So I played the game in lowest resolution and at like 20 FPS on average. So jumping was every time a mini heart attack. <laughs> yeah. But um, it was one of those games, again, that really filled um, or really gave me a nice challenge that like, really felt good to beat. I... So yeah, Doom 2016, if you haven't played it yet, you should. 
It's good. Yeah, I did 2016 on... I played it initially and I didn't love it, but then I came back and I did a second playthrough and I really enjoyed it. Uh, but I didn't actually do Ultra Nightmare until Doom Eternal and then I sunk a lot of hours into that game and did quite a few oh, Ultra yeah. Nightmare runs. That was, that was a great Both, game. Uh, both are really good games. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so when you actually started your channel, you said you wanted to sort of do commentary of your gameplay. Were you were you always thinking I want to make a Doom channel, or were you just thinking I will just do like variety, like a bunch of different games, and then it would always be that way, kind of thing? Um. Well, you've seen I did the wreck. I did Serious Sam. Yeah. In the early days, so it was all about games that I enjoyed back in the day mm-hmm. and or games that i want to get better at um but no it was not always necessarily about doom and i still do not really want to call um i don't really want to call my channel exclusively a doom channel yeah i think my about page still says fast-paced fps, uh, FPS games instead of doom mm-hmm. but doom is my favorite game it brings me the most joy and the variety and challenges is uh, unlimited and yeah it's just easy to boot up play record and yeah it's just the most enjoyable one like i never got into serious sam's custom levels for example oh yeah and i did have a quake playthrough but uh quake 1.5 it's called like it's like a brutal quake kind of uh, oh i see mod but um yeah it was just not just gameplay wise was changed but also the levels were also changed a bit mm-hmm. to be more modern so that was a cool experience but no i wouldn't call my channel exclusively doom but at this point it kind of is although i did release a series seven analysis video not too long ago so i still have like backup topics to talk about sure if so it was just more of like a natural progression really that like those are the videos that did better and you generally preferred recording so it just tend like ended up being primarily doom but not necessarily yeah. just doom no but yeah like i said doom just has the most content that i enjoy like yeah. custom levels the the quirks i can talk about in analysis videos and stuff like that mm-hmm. And did you have prior editing uh, or video making experience like before you started making a YouTube channel or did you just learn as you went along? Um, no, I had, I knew how to cut uh, a clip into another clip, um, but not much editing uh, experience at all. Mm-hmm. And uh, in terms of your playthroughs, uh, for the most part, and also your analysis videos, did you find there was a point with YouTube where you really got like your format down? Can you think about like a maybe specific moment or or playthrough series where you were like, okay, this is like this content's really good, and I'm starting to like feel what my format is? Well, you said to wait before uh, talking about Sunlust, but I want to mention Sunlust. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's where my playthroughs peaked. Right it's the format where i start the level i have no idea what the level is i don't know what to expect and i just try to survive as long as i can um maybe die two or three times depending how far i get and then i just 
go like, okay, uh, I'm going to practice. And then uh, I practice off screen. And then I just do the, the winning run pretty much. Yeah. And that format really, really, really was really popular. So I integrated with, uh, yeah, all my blind runs pretty much. Uh, if I die too much, I just go to the practice run. Um, but not every what was uh, suitable for that, like back to Saturn X episode two. Um, it's not exactly a what where you would easily die. Yeah. Cause of course it's like vanilla limits. Uh, you cannot have thousands of enemies on the screen at once or, you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I ran into an issue there that, um, some videos almost became two hours long cause I was looking for like a secret that I couldn't find. And uh, I learned from that that I should probably fast forward stuff or um, just skip everything, show like a fade in, fade out kind of uh, yeah, yeah, edit. Because who cares that I sur- or hump walls for like half an hour? Mm-hmm. I do get comments of people saying, "Oh, it's very relaxing uh, hearing you hump walls and <laughs> hearing your your train of thought," but um, no, I don't know. Yeah, it's tough. It's I also, mean, on streaming, you feel that, uh, like, oh, I'm wasting too much time, and you are constantly aware of, like, an audience, I suppose, when you're doing these things. Yeah, and it's also, well, rendering time. Yeah, Because I render in uh, 1440p. It takes quite a long time, even with uh, GPU rendering. And, yeah, every minute kind of counts, because I don't want to upload a video at 3 a.m. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> so as for the analysis, sorry. Oh no. Um, one more thing. As for the analysis videos format, I think I got the format done pretty quickly. I would almost say in my second video already, where like I just jump into the topic, no intros, no nothing, just boom, talk about the thing, show the thing, explain the thing, and then do an outro. Mm-hmm. Um, I like. Um, very direct editing. I think only one time I did like a little skit at the beginning, or maybe twice. One is with the the video where um, I show the sound origins of uh, the Doom sounds. I did like a little skit of one minute, and then the other one was the fake sponsor of the the Doom graphics video. Right. Yeah. And I think also in the past this video I did like a Nirvana sitting outside kind of a. Yeah, Doom Mm -hmm. 2, Map 21, Nirvana kind of thing. Um, Very rarely I do those, but I prefer to just immediately talk about, look, Doom has a bug. Uh, It causes this. And why does this happen? Let's go look at the code. And I think that's the best format. Mm -hmm. Also, uh, it's more fun to edit and watch, in my opinion. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean... I don't mind introductions as long as they're actually sort of part of the video. I really don't like the thing on YouTube of like people who have an introduction that's like just them talking about their own channel for a long oh. period of time and stuff like that. I, I really hey guys, that. I'm gonna talk about this, but first, look, I have some uh, photos from my holiday. Oh, and by the way, uh, yeah, get a fifty percent discount off of my my oh, I don't know my yeah. my toilet seat or something like that. Yeah manscaped audible you know and then yeah the video is like eight minutes long and then they pat the video yeah, it's just uh, a black like six screen, minutes of so. the video with just <laughs> garbage 
Yeah. And they talk about the topic for two minutes. Well, yeah, because I think they recommend YouTube videos should be 10 minutes. I'm pretty sure is what they say. Yeah, it, this is a misconception about YouTube. I, 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 know one or th uh, I know one thing uh, or two about YouTube after almost four years. Mm -hmm. uh, the reason people want to make 10 minute long videos is so you can place mid rolls, like right, the yeah. ads in the middle of the video. You cannot do that if your video is uh, shorter than eight minutes. People think it's still 10 minutes, but YouTube changed it like to eight, like a year ago. Right. So that's the reason why people kind of want to just keep talking, 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 pet it, pet it, all the way until the eight, limit, eight minute limit is reached, because then they can place mid rolls, and that means more ad revenue. Beautiful. Great. And I Great absolutely, absolutely hate mid rolls. I disable them on all my videos. I think it's very intrusive and annoying. I, I agree 100%. Uh, so could you maybe talk a little bit more in detail about the process you have for making one of your playthrough series? Uh, from like picking a wad and then uh, going through it and sort of creating footage for it and such. And that's a difficult question because it's a very almost impulsive kind of thing. Right. Uh, of course, I get a lot of recommendations. Um, like before I did Sunlust, I didn't know who Rubix was, for example. Mm -hmm. So people recommended Sunlust, and I did play Sunlust before. I think I it clapped to like maps 25 and 30. And I remember getting my ass kicked, and I thought, nope, this one is too difficult. <laughs> and then, yeah, a couple of months later, I just did it anyway to raise the bar. And I'm like, wow, this is actually a, a really good wad. Uh, who made this? Oh, uh, Ribix and uh, Danny. Okay. Uh, I want to see more what they did. And then I discovered some of the whales, uh, Stardate, Combat Shock, you know, stuff like that. Yep. So it's almost like a snowball effect. I discover one wad and then I'm, I find about uh, the authors and I kind of want to discover more. But sometimes it's also just recommendations from. Uh, comments or friends of mine. Uh, for example, Doom 2 in Spain only was purely me because I was browsing Doom World and I, I saw the, the the OP, I saw the credit screen and I saw, I saw stuff like Juan Romero and <laughs> just really, I laughed my ass off and I thought, yep, I gotta play this. And I also listened to the soundtrack on YouTube uh, on James uh, Paddock's uh, channel. Yeah. And I thought, wow, this is like high quality stuff. And yeah, I just want to show it off. Mm -hmm. And uh, what and about sort of actually the, like the filming process of, of capturing the footage and, and stuff like that? Is that all captured through one playthrough or do you have to go back to capture extra bits or what do you generally do? No, it's, it's always one take. And then I just edit out me booting up the game and quitting the game. And sometimes I... Fast forward, uh, if I'm looking for like a secret or something. And then when I'm done recording, I record uh, my uh, infamous greetings, everyone intro. Yeah. And then I just stitch everything together. Mm -hmm. And how much? By the way, fun fact. Oh, uh, sorry. Fun fact about greetings, everyone. There was a very, very, very spontaneous thing. I never gave it any thoughts, but it stuck. So yeah. I kept doing it. Well, you, I think. You don't really think about what your introduction is going to be. Like even doing the intro for the the podcast, I was like, "Do I want this to be the intro forever, or 
<laughs> like, I don't know. You just say something and then it's like, well, I'll just do this every episode so it's consistent and, and that's it. Yeah, usually the sp- spontaneous ideas are the best ones, in my opinion. Uh, so. Yeah. For the most part. Um, yeah. So Like, it's exactly what your brain thinks at the moment. and You just kind of roll with it, yeah. Yeah. How much footage do you think you'd end up recording uh, for a hard award then? Where you may have like multiple deaths and uh, having to re-record footage and, and stuff like that? Oh, um, I kind of documented that with uh, no chance. Mm-hmm. In my outtakes, I do show the timestamps of when I started recording and when I stopped recording. Yeah, And I think the average recording lasts two to three hours, right. especially if I got really far and then died at the, at the uh, final fight 15 minutes into the map. <laughs> uh, I would say no chance. Recording took maybe nine hours, spread over three evenings. Oof. But I also, I also did a lot of practicing off-screen on uh, my Discord. I stream on my Discords quite often. Well, not quite often, but if I have a very difficult level to practice, I just practice there and I chat with friends and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no chance is uh, a weird one because it's a massive amount of difficulty at the beginning and then there are a few like spiky points throughout, but it's not it's not actually as difficult as people think. No, people... Uh, when I was playing um, Ma- uh, Magnolia on Hermit Plenty, people were like, ah, you've played, uh, you've beaten No Chance in UV, I'm sure you can beat uh, Magnolia in UV as well. And I'm like, okay, first of all, um, no chance. Relatively speaking, it's not as difficult as you think it is. Maybe, yeah, the beginning is kind of... I don't want to call it RNG because I just had a really bad strategy. David uh, A1s, he showed me one where he kind of ran to the... like the the tightrope kind of section in in the middle of the map. And he just lowered the entire floor. He camped for a moment or something. And I think he could kill the imps from there, all while being safe from projectiles. So there's a strategy that just is way more consistent than what I did. I just rushed to the imps. And yeah, well, that doesn't always end up well. Because all those imp deaths, the infamous imp cliff, uh, kind of became a meme status on my channel. So um, yeah, and of course, the final fight is yeah, pure skill. Uh, the, the huge wave of revenants is really tricky to deal with. You just need to yeah, spray with the BFG uh, at a certain rhythm to keep them away. But if you mess up, the revenants will overwhelm you. Mm-hmm. So, But the rest of the map, yeah, okay, maybe the sniping cyberdemons can catch you off guard. Uh, the close quarter combat with the cyberdemon that you need to kill with the super shotgun that um, awkward impulse way with the cyber at the, oh. at the top. That is probably the worst part of the map for me. Uh, I think you get the plasma gun and you have to push up, and uh, I think there's a switch behind it, and then you have to go down the stairs and a bunch of imps. Oh yeah, down. you're right. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think I really had trouble with that. Although I did get scammed really badly in one of my outtakes, like the cyber <laughs> appeared out of nowhere. That but, um, happened to me a few times, yeah. Yeah, the map also kind of suffers from a lot of monster blocking line depths that you can really well, abuse, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, like the yellow key area. I think it's the yellow key area with 
when the pain elementals spawn and the lost souls just cannot do anything if you go back to the stairs, you know, something like that. But no chance. Yeah, I think in terms of difficulty, it's overrated. But I can see it still being ranked high in difficulties because of the final fight that is at least 40 minutes into the map. You need to oh, be very I'm, consistent with that. I would definitely say it's a very difficult one. Like, it's definitely one of the hardest Doom ones I've played, but it's not insurmountably difficult like I think people assume it is. Uh, and I would it's... probably say Magnolia UV is harder just because of ammo distribution and oh magnolia uv is definitely a lot a lot harder it's a lot more awkward too like uh i don't know how to describe it the combat is just a lot more awkward and a lot uh, tighter than no chance yeah yeah magnolia really requires stuff like ammo management and if you want to max map one then uh good luck yeah. because of that exclusive secret um map three yeah it's just damaging floors suddenly everywhere and uh that's freaking cyber demon at the final fight that's sniping the arch files. <laughs> oh man it's uh it's just quite something i i streamed everything on uv to show off all the changes and yeah i whoever wants to uv magnolia or uv max uh, gets my uh my blessing someone will someone will do it Zero Master, I'm sure. Caligon, somebody. Uh, Starduster did the platforming. So that's... He proved it's possible. Uh, Akali was attempting map 3 for a while. And uh, I think he does quite well, but I think he took a break, because I can understand um, with a map like that. That suppressive can be exhausting. Yeah, for sure. And map 2 has been UV-maxed quite quickly by... I'm not sure if Kinetic was the first one. Kinetic Beverage, or right. I don't know what the, what name he uses nowadays. Kinetic Calamity. Um, UV maxed it like one day after I did my stream. Yeah, two is definitely the easiest out of them. Yeah, and then the secret maps. Well, the two that I own, I UV maxed myself during the stream, so those are not. Well, they are tricky, but they don't require like an insane amount of grinding. Right. Yeah. Uh, and. In terms of recording, you genuinely record the commentary for every single take uh, that you do. Yeah. Well, I do have uh, slight variations sometimes to not drive myself crazy. Mm -hmm. um, like, you could hear sometimes in the outtake, sometimes I start with okay, sometimes I start with all right, you know, stuff like that. Um, <laughs> very subtle things. Uh, but uh, Doom is such a dynamic game, like, RNG can, it's like a butterfly effect. If one imp screws you up, then you have to uh, adapt. Like, if an imp blocks you and makes you eat a rocket, of course the commentary is going to change from that point because you have much lower health than usual. And that happens more often than you think. The one tiny thing will change, like, your strategies or commentary in general. So do you have like dot points of things you might want to hit on for a given map or, or not really? It's all just like off the cuff? As no, it's just, yeah, exactly. I don't have like a notepad open on my second screen with, ah, when you reach the yellow key, talk about this. Like okay. everything is just in my head. And I practice some of these hard maps so often that I know exactly what I want to talk about. Yeah, sure. Uh, so in your Q&A, which was 2019 now, uh, a couple oh of boy! <laughs> uh, you I'm said not really that, proud of those videos. 
you said that Hell Revealed 2 was your favorite P-Ward at the time. Uh, yep. I'm assuming that now you've played a lot more content, that's probably changed. Uh, what would you say Definitely. is your favorite one now? If you can even I'm gonna bring I'm gonna bring it up again. Sunlust. Of course, yeah. Sunlust well, I, I said it was kind of uh the channel's uh peak in terms of playthrough videos, but also in my yeah, dooming career. Because the hardest what prior to that that I played was Hair Review 2. Mm-hmm. I think, I think, I think. Or maybe Speed of Doom, but I didn't record that. Um But yeah, Sunlust is such a different caliber. Uh, it's just something I never really experienced, like all these cramped fights that you really, yeah, you need to think how to approach it. And then, of course, there's like crazy maps like, um, well, God Machine. Mm-hmm. Like I never really beat a, a map that huge in a single segment and with such a crazy fight at the end. Yeah. And yeah, Sunlust really changed me in a way. It also, yeah, like I said, made me discover other mappers. Like I discovered Ribix, and then I saw Ribix also worked on that, and he did a collaboration with that person. And then I discovered the other person, what he did. And it's like a chain reaction. But yeah, Sandler's really impressed me, and it really upped my skill. Like I always like to use the expression that uh, it raised the bar. My skill ceiling got uh, uh, higher. And yeah, increasing that skill uh, enables you to play yeah even more difficult levels, so you can discover more, mm-hmm. more what's. Uh, well, just to discuss Sunless a little bit more, uh, I actually, I mean, that's how I found out about you was through your Sunless playthrough because, funnily enough, I was actually doing my Sableless run of Sunless at the exact same time uh, ah. that you were doing yours. And we were, we were even, in sync. We were around the exact same maps too. Um, so as your videos were coming out, I was playing. I was playing them along with you, essentially. So it was cool for me to like follow along with you as I was playing them myself. Uh, and like you said, it improved you as a player. Uh, what were your main takeaways playing like a what that challenging, saveless? Like what? What do you feel it was that uh, improved? For you the most as a as a Doom player? Mm, I think in my earlier playthroughs I played more carefully. Like it was a bit more campy. Mm-hmm. And Sunless I st- I'm still not really an aggressive player. Cause I don't want to take risks and potentially lose like 20 minutes of uh, recording. Uh, believe it or not, but I don't have that much time. I'm not a full time YouTuber or anything. I just play in the evenings and hope I can get a video out that day. Mm-hmm. But um, Sunless did teach me to, you know, sometimes it's okay to just get close to a Cyberman so you can, you know, BFG uh, is uh, amazing clutes and <laughs> potentially save a third shot, you know, stuff like that. And then the third shot you can use later to kill, I don't know, a group of art shots. Um, so playing more aggressively, um, like not on a speedrunning level, of course, but Sometimes it's okay to take risks. That's what I learned from Sunlust. And yeah, just in general, movement, uh, like making sure Revenants, uh, the homing missiles do not touch you. You can have, uh, have spatial awareness, um, how to move around to keep the, 
the, like the revenants from uh, hitting you. Um, but also at that point, I also just learned a lot more other quirks like arch falls, um, uh, having like a low pain chance. I don't think I really knew that. Mm -hmm. So stuff like that, just little things about the enemy attributes. Yeah, I think a lot of people also. probably learned about uh, the max acquisition range becoming infinite for Archvals from. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, that, final that's. Flight of oh, I I wanted to uh, mention that, but I lost my train of thought. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. Like if they go into pain state, their range becomes unlimited, pretty much. If they get hit at all, I'm pretty sure. I don't think they need to get pain chance. No, it's it's definitely a pain chance thing. Are you sure? Because I'm pretty sure if you splash them with traces, even if they don't um, go into pain chance. I am 100% uh, sure. Alright, well, I'll accept it. You make, you make the video. <laughs> I, uh, I researched it for the uh, monster aggression video. Well, there you go. Uh, so, for Sunless specifically, <laughs> tell me about the recording process for map 28 of that ward, because... Uh, Oh, that was a particularly brutal one, and uh, yeah, I honestly don't know why it kicked my ass so much because the map isn't actually that difficult looking back. Um, maybe this, yeah, the secret final fight can be tricky, but other than that, yeah, it's just stupid tiny mistakes that just kept killing me, and they were mostly early deaths, I think, and I believe. This was also during the time um, I had um, renovations at home. So I wasn't even home in my own house when I recorded like the right. final three maps of Sunlust. I had to drive back to my mom's place because that's where we were um, uh, sleeping at the time because the home was a mess. So right. I had to drive for like an hour to my mom's place. Then I could record like a video and... Uh, no, wait, I'm phrasing this wrong. Okay, um, my computer was not in my house because we had renovations. Yeah. So we moved stuff to my mom's house because we didn't have space. So I had to drive to my mom's place for like an hour, play a bit of Sunlust, hopefully get a video, and then drive back home. <laughs> wow, yeah. It was very inefficient, but it was also during the time that I really, really, really tried to take, to have one video a day. Mm -hmm. so, so you advantage is what you're saying I was pretty much sitting with my desktop computer at a, at a dining table oh, my mom was uh, on holiday so I didn't bother her or anything but uh, <laughs> yeah all her stuff was in the living room there and my computer was on the dining table and yeah I tried to record map 28 didn't go well I think the second day I did manage but it was not just the game kicking my ass, but all the driving was also just really exhausting. Yeah. But yeah, I was really de determined to yeah, beat the map on, on video. And uh, in the end, I did at the cost of my sanity. <laughs> but um, I did mention I this. I about recording your voice that much. Recording the commentary is the thing that I feel like oh. would be the most training for something like that. Yeah, it's it's something you train over time. Like I can I can talk for hours and hours. I mean, you've seen my live streams. I sometimes 
keep talking for eight hours, but repeating yeah. the same thing over and over, yeah, that can get really taxing on your on your mental health. Yeah. But like I said, it's, it's just take um, take some words, change them around, and uh, keep it fresh. Yeah, try and keep it interesting for yourself, I guess, at that point. Also, yeah. Mm-hmm. So well, we talked about the process for your playthrough uh, videos in terms of recording. What about uh, the analysis videos? Um, I'd imagine, like, there's quite a bit of time spent sort of looking for things that haven't, that you feel haven't been touched on in other videos or, or like, online, because you're probably looking for to create, like, a unique video. Is there quite a lot of research that happens before you start one of these videos, or do you usually just sort of conceptualize them from things you're interested in? Um, really depends on the topic. Um, some stuff... Like I made a video about the about the explosions. The only reason I made that is because in one of my started twenty six, no twenty, yeah six uh, videos, an archer zapped me for twenty damage, but I was in the open area, like there was there was no wall in front of me or anything. Right. And I'm like, how did that happen? And then David also sent me like a a video of him getting zapped by an archer, but. It dealt no damage at all, so some weird line of sight uh, kind of bug. By the way, if you're hearing weird noises, my dog is uh, having some fun on the couch. That's okay. Like, I'm always okay with animals. Rolling around. It's fine. So, yeah, it really well. Some videos are based off what I encounter during gameplay, like during playthroughs. Like I see something weird, I'm like, huh, I'm gonna analyze that. And some topics are just underdocumented, like the all ghosts. Uh, bug. Mm-hmm. That one took me a long time to research because the Doom Wiki says, "Oh yeah, uh, there's an intercepts overload to 128 uh, uh, intercepts, and then the all ghosts happen." Yeah, okay, but why? Why does it happen? You yeah, know. Right. So I did some digging, and that took a long time. But I'm really proud of that video in particular because it feels like I unearthed something, and even Zero Master was like, "Hey." Cool. Uh, we can use this to speedrun uh, Hunted from Plutonia and uh, E1M8 from from Doom One, and he did. He he found a spot, not even too assisted, to trigger the all ghosts based on the information from my video, and then he got world records for both. <laughs> wow, that's cool. yeah. Only zero master. Huh? And then other topics, I just browse Doom Wiki. There's like a page with all. Uh, like all the documented bugs. I'm like, oh, this one is kind of interesting. And I have, uh, I forgot his name, sorry. Um, let me Google real quick. The Doom Black Book, or Doom Engine Black Book. I don't know if you've heard of it. Oh, no, I haven't actually. Let me quickly look up his name because I do want to credit him. Um, damn it. So it's ah, a, it's uh, a book about Fab- Fabian Sanglot. I think it's a French name. Sorry if I butchered your name, but oh, okay. uh, Fabian Sanglot. I don't know uh, the game engine black book uh, of Doom. I sometimes just read it. Like I used that book to make the melting screen video. Mm-hmm. That book explains it really well. That's cool. Yeah, so, no, I hadn't heard of that book at all, actually. It's a very technical book. So if you're into programming and stuff, it's definitely worth a read. It has very, it's very easily read, and there's like pretty pictures you can look at. 
It's uh, I think I, would I think there's an online online PDF as well for free. <laughs> That's cool. But I bought I, I bought a hardcover because I want to support the the writer. Yeah. Well, go out and buy the book, people. Yeah. That's my opinion. Um, yeah. Do it. So we're back to your Q and A videos that you're very proud of, apparently. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In answer to one of the questions that you said that um as a kid you sort of had the dream of being a game developer, but you uh you sort of said in the video that you didn't really think you had the patience for the kind of work involved. Um and yeah. it, it seems like you do have a lot of patience given <laughs> Uh, sort of your saveless play playthroughs and the way you record your footage and things like that. What do you think is sort of different for you about the patience required for game development versus something like that? Uh, okay, so for the playthrough videos, um, most of the time I'm on autopilot. Right. Only for difficult fights, I really have to like focus. But if there's a hallway with, I don't know, imps and you have a rocket launcher, I just shut off my brain and yeah, just move on, you know? But I have a feeling like when you design stuff and you have to create stuff, I cannot switch to autopilot. I really have to think about every single thing that, I, that I'm trying to create. Mm -hmm. And it's very exhausting, and I notice my patience runs out. I have the same when I make maps. I have a lot of trouble making do maps because I get a creative block very, very quickly. Mm -hmm. So it's a bit of a miracle that I did manage to, I think I created like four maps uh, last year and this year. But uh, it was tough. Yeah. Well, I would suggest that that is more of a learned thing than you would think. I don't think that's something like intrinsic to a person. I think it is something you can learn. And a lot of yeah, it with Doom is just drawing lines. You just have to put them down without thinking about them and then let the shapes kind of inform the spaces that you're I, creating. I always overthink, oh, is this fight going to be good? Uh, isn't this, uh, is this too much ammo or not enough ammo? And then I play through it like, like a hundred times, I'm like, okay, this is good, I think. And then I move on to the next area, and I'm like, okay, how do I move on from that previous fight? It was quite difficult. Should I do something more relaxing, or should I, I don't know, do a little platforming section uh, a la Doom Eternal, so you can take a, a break? I don't know. I always overthink, and the worst part is when I have to detail a map. Like, I have no idea how to detail. Absolutely mm -hmm. not at all. Yeah. I forgot to mention during my Quake 2 days, I made a lot of maps for Quake 2. Like, yeah. at least 30 maps, I think. Half of them were, for our, uh, were, were like parkour maps. They were easy to make. But I also made uh, deathmatch maps, uh, like monster invasion maps and stuff like that. So I'm not exactly inexperienced with making maps, but I think... May sound weird, but I know too much about Doom, and I know what's fun and what isn't, mm -hmm. and what works and what doesn't work. I just overthink, and I, I'm almost afraid to experiment or to, uh, go out of my comfort zone. You know. Yeah. Also, I would imagine you have a bit of a name attached, right? So if you release a wad, you want it to live up to the quality standards of your YouTube channel kind of thing. Oh, no, 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 no. I, that's not how I think at all, honestly. No? Okay. No, no, no. Uh, not with maps and music, at least. Like, with videos, yes, because most people know me from the videos. Mm -hmm. But for levels, I... No, I never really thought about, oh, my name is attached to this. Maybe I should put more effort into it or something. 
Sure. I mean, you, you've probably seen my my Pugers maps. <laughs> I was about to mention it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I well, I mostly as a way to ask sort of whether you were considering getting more into mapping in the future, or, or maybe like hosting, uh, like community projects through your channel or, or something like that. Um, hosting community projects sounds like it would require too much time and effort. Mm-hmm. Like I'd have to play will, test yeah. through every map, give feedback. No, I'm not delegate. sure if it's a good idea. It would be cool, but I just don't have the resources right now. Yeah. And I am mapping quite a bit recently. Mm-hmm. I I made a map for uh, I don't know, um, I'm not sure if you played uh, that nightmare. What? Not even remotely fair. I've heard of it. I haven't played it myself. No. Yeah. Uh, I made map 11 for that, but we only released episode 1, so the first 11 maps. And episode 2 now is almost finished. I made map 31 as well. Mm-hmm. Very, 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 very experimental level. That's cool. Uh, yeah. And really abuses the nightmare mechanics well, so I look forward to when it gets released and see what people think. And I'm also doing a collaboration on map 32. So I am making maps. I also made a map for David's uh, community project. Yeah, I did see that you had made one. I couldn't find it yeah. in the Discord, actually. I was going um, to oh. play test. Yeah, I made, I made that one when I was sick. I was, uh, did that influence Ill. your mapping, being sick, you think? Mm, I don't know. <laughs> it's... Uh, it's not exactly like a very weird level. It's it's really difficult for sure, but I don't think it really influenced mm-hmm. anything. Yeah, me and Benjo made some some meme fights. <laughs> Difficulty wise, I I haven't seen any of those uh, maps yet because I want to keep it a surprise. It's gonna be a wild ride, I think. Yeah. Uh, so speaking of meme fights and uh, difficult fights in general. As someone who's sort of known for playing through challenging wards, do you ever feel like there's a pressure to continually continually be playing like the hardest content? Do you ever want to take a break and like do some more casual playthroughs for YouTube? Uh I am actually taking a break right now. Ah. Playing through Doom Tune Spain only, which I thought was relaxing, but it actually infuriated me more than any <laughs> other what that I've played. Oh, that's funny. Um, yeah, there's some uh, stuff going on with damaging floors and blind runs. It doesn't oh, yeah. mix well because kind of forces you not to explore at all because you're going to take too much damage and potentially go through a damaging floor that has no uh, reward at all. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know that. And in retrospect, I wouldn't have done this blind if I knew damaging floors were this bad in in Doom 2 and Spain only. But most of the levels there are really good and really chill. So it's sometimes a bit of a, an obstacle. I have to just deal with it. And I was playing through Doom 2 the way we remember, which is really, really, really fun. Mm-hmm. I'm, uh, it's the most fun I've had in, uh, in Doom in a while. It's just really, really, it's incredibly cursed. <laughs> check it out if you haven't yet. Yeah, no, I will. I was actually, I did see on your channel that you were playing that, and it got me interested yeah. in it because um, I've been avoiding the videos because I feel like, yeah, what you were saying, where it's like 
I kind of just want to enter a room and be like, this isn't quite right. Yeah. Oh, and especially the music is... Uh, oh, even the music is cursed. They, they, they remade the music as well, from memory. Great. That it's, sounds cool. It's like a fever dream. Yeah, no, I'll definitely have to check that out. Um, I suppose in a similar vein to that question, do you ever... We sort of talked about you wanting to not label your channel as a Doom channel. Do you feel sort of pigeonholed into playing Doom, or do you do you feel like, oh, well, I could just put up, like, playthroughs of other games and it, and it would be okay? Uh, before, I, uh, before I answer that question, I forgot to uh, add, you asked um, about me feeling pressured to play more difficult stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, not exactly. I feel like I have full control over my channel, and whatever uploads, people will enjoy it. Although I do feel pressured to play um, um, Dimensions from a certain people. Yeah, the Dimensions, uh, something happened at some point, and uh, Dimensions just got drilled into a lot of people's brains, and, and it is all you hear about a lot of the time in, in Twitch. I will check it out someday, okay? I will, don't worry. Uh, look, I would put... I would honestly say Dimensions is pretty similar. If you're not going for a speed run with a fast time, I would I would probably say it's sort of like No Chance. It's tighter than No Chance. It's obviously it's a very difficult map, but it's you know it's not as insane as people make it out to be. I feel like. Sorry, I was taking a drink. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I haven't actually really watched any Dimensions map three playthroughs because i want to keep it a surprise I've, I've seen one and two they seem doable two doesn't look fun at all honestly but mm-hmm. gotta deal with it and the secret levels also look just weird you will have a hard time it's definitely very hard but uh, yeah i can i of, of yeah. course i can imagine it being hard but um no i don't feel pressured at all that's good uh, people also tell me to play uh, Age Doom, so. <laughs> I'm yeah excited for that one. I think you said you would uh, do it, and like, when you want to shut your channel down permanently. So. Yeah, exactly. Well, I did show very very brief footage on my 100,000 subscribers. Um, yeah, like celebration video. Not be not many people know that. So I technically I did play Age Doom on my channel. So. There you go, you can stop asking. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Okay, so back to the next question, which I forgot already. Yeah, yeah just regarding playing uh, other games on your channel and, and feeling pigeonholed into Doom. No, because I actually enjoy yeah, Doom. I'm not burnt out yet. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I will be for a very long time. Um, no. I don't really... Also, I'm not really interested in any other games right now. Yeah. Or I don't really even play other games. Like, the last other game that I played, I think, was Serious M4. But I, I love Serious M, so... Uh, yeah, I just wanted to upload that. And before that was Doom Eternal. Well, it's Doom. And Doom Eternal is also just a good game, so... Yeah, great game. Did you do yeah. UV, uh, sorry, Ultra Nightmare runs of, of Doom Eternal as well? Uh, I did Nightmare. Oh, okay. Which is basically, which is basically Ultra Violence uh, with uh, increased Sorry, Ultra damage. Nightmare is uh, what I meant. Oh! Yeah. 
yes, I did. Oh, you did? I did. Ultra Nightmare of the base game and uh, DLCs. Oh, cool. And I also got them relatively quickly. Not like within a day, like uh, Dracu and Zero Master did. But um, I think I got it after like a week. Yeah, I think it was just... something like 10, 10 attempts for me, something like that. But... I found Doom Eternal easier than 2016. Because in 2016, it's just very punishing if you like get meleeed because it slows you down and then you just cannot do anything. Mm-hmm. And Doom Eternal, I forgot the name of the mechanic of the of the game mechanic, but if you take like lethal hit, it always keeps you alive at like one health. Yeah, that that sound, that little beep beep. It's it's it's, it's like a soft uh, saving throw, I think it's called. Yeah. So you don't really have to fear getting instantly killed even if you're like fully stacked unlike doom 2016 but of course you have to react quickly to that by i don't know me hooking to a zombie getting some armor so you can at least tank another hit or something and then uh yeah, the biggest... ice bomb stuff for health yeah i think the biggest thing with doom eternal was if you ever got body blocked you were generally dead uh, on ultra nightmare like if you yeah like, unless you can unless you can stagger the, the enemy <laughs> Like you're swooping around the fight at a thousand miles an hour, and then suddenly you bump into like a cacodemon or something, and then it just bites you for all your health, and then uh, you just die instantly. It's great. I think the mechanic I never really got used to in Eternal was the low ammo count, that you have to constantly chainsaw these arbitrarily placed uh, zombies and stuff, right. and watch the same chainsaw animation at least 50 times a level. Mm-hmm. That got really exhausting, and I think that's the main reason why I just stopped playing. Also, the lack of custom content. I mean, the Mars did some incredible stuff. Like they did horde, uh, horde mode. Yeah. They did. Uh, I think you can replace models now. You can place level props. Oh, they even cool. turned the the battle mode arenas into into levels. Right. So yeah. the models are keeping the game alive, but it's not interesting enough for me now. It's not like classic Doom, where you can make like the weirdest levels with full creative freedom. Yeah, uh, with the monster counts that you can have in Doom as well. Also. Hmm. Yeah, Danny was telling me to play the Horde mode mod. He reckoned it was superior to the actual one they introduced. Still. Oh yeah, that official one is... <laughs> not really a hard mode, it's just five levels you play like... Uh, what's the word? Like in a row? Yeah. Yeah, that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's not, it's not really random, I think. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it definitely needed. Um. I think Doom Eternal was at its best when you didn't quite know what was coming, uh, and then because with Ultra Nightmare, I feel like it was mostly my first run, like or attempting to get my first run. The reason that I died was nerves. Uh, like I knew that game back to front, basically. Yeah, you know every spawn, you know every ammo pickup location. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And once I did subsequent Ultra Nightmare runs, I could have done that like in my sleep. Like it was yeah. just very easy once the nerves were out of the way. But God, the heart really gets pumping on your first Ultra Nightmare run uh, in those final. Oh runs. yeah. Good. Yeah, during the gladiator fight and during the Icon of Sin fight, I remember my heart just mm-hmm. just doubled in 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 rates. It was 
very very exciting but also very scary yeah I, when i completed it actually i did a run that made it to the second to last fight on Erdak, and i died um, oh that's painful and then i was like i was gonna end the stream and i was like ah, i don't want to do this anymore like i almost gave up on doing ultra nightmare entirely and then i was like ah you know what i'll do one more run and then that ended up and then you got it yeah that was hey nice it was a big one uh so back to back to classic doom here uh yes and this is <laughs> maybe a bit of a, a question you won't be expecting but i noticed that you have a tnt map 15 uv max on dsda okay. uh, do you have any interest in doing speed running at all or do you prefer just doing saveless runs like at your own pace no i prefer playing at my own pace i never got into speed running really i think i did speed run some rack levels but then again no one else did so mm-hmm. there wasn't really any competition well that's not true uh peter uh megasphere and i did compete for the best time on e1 l1 on wreck and i got such a good run that he gave up wow and yeah like i had like the best movements like it was almost too assisted uh too bad the demo doesn't exist anymore because the game got updated so all the demos are out of sync but um no speedrunning i never got into it um i don't know it's too i wouldn't say repetitive but i just want to have variety also playing slower i think um it's more relaxing in a way mm-hmm. so fundamentally even, you even... want doom to be like a a relaxation experience for you not like work well, it's a bit of a contradiction because I did say that I also like Doom for the challenge. But it's uh, sometimes challenging maps can also be relaxing. And it's, it may sound weird, but like when you beat the map, it's like the endorphins in your brain just numb your body completely and you just, ah, that was amazing, you know? <laughs> right, yeah. Well, holy hell, very relaxing. I don't know if I'd strictly call that a, a super challenging map these days. It's actually it's relatively easy, but um, but holy hell, is a it's a fantastic one for just chilling out in my. Opinion. Oh, I, I played the bad version, holy hell revealed. Oh, I don't actually know what holy hell revealed is. I've heard of it, but it's well, it's pretty much uh, an edit made by I don't know who made holy hell again. Oh, I can't remember. Yeah, the original. Well. The original author did not make the edits for Holy Hell Reviewed, so it's kind of stolen and then butchered. And it just adds nonsensical enemies, extra enemies everywhere. Like there's this huge. It's like a chillax of Holy Hell. Yeah, yeah, that's a good good, uh, comparison. It's a chillax of Holy Hell. And it's completely butchered and it's impossible to UV Max. And I live streamed it for my 30k or no, 50k live uh, subscriber milestone. And it was a horrible experience. I didn't bother killing everything. And, and <laughs> I ended up just playing Mach 2 to fill the stream time. Well, it was horrible. Uh, avoid that. But play Holy Hell, yeah. which is, I just looked it up. It's by someone called JK. I had never actually looked up who made it. but um, JK. That is apparently. I have, a, I have a YouTube commenter called JK, but I don't oh. think it's the same person. Well, it's like J space K in uppercase. This characters. is just JK together. Oh no, then it's not the same person. Oh, you never know. Could be a slight variation. If you're out there, Perhaps. JK, and you're listening, make holy hell. Review yourself. The real one. 
So, um, you have a video of you uh, playing with uh, D Wars, I think it is. Uh, the two of you did. Dwarves, yeah. Uh, is it just Dwarves? Dwarves. Okay, Dwarves. Okay, yeah. The two of you played through um, Doom 1, you played through Sandy Peterson's maps, and you had oh, yeah. him there uh, for commentary. Uh, how did yep. this come about originally? Uh, Dwarves sent an email to uh, Sandy Peterson. Or at least his uh, like community manager or something. Yeah. And yeah, uh, they emailed back and forth, and in the end, they were like, "Yeah, okay, let's discuss a time." And Sandy will uh, join the Discord call, and he can just yeah play through the maps. He was quite eager to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, I think it was to promote his own YouTube channel, but you know, who cares? Uh, it's Sandy, you know? How often do you speak to Sandy? Yeah, right. Uh, no, but he was uh, really chill, and he did uh, reveal some uh, cool trivia about some maps. Um, I think he did say one controversial thing, and it was about Tom Hall being in the credit screen, even in the current Doom version, but he's not. Uh-huh. Um, but other than that, he was uh, really fun to... Uh, to talk to and um we still have episode three planned but uh it it's kinda I don't know on hold right now. Mm-hmm. And uh what would you say overall the experience was like then? Uh just <laughs> playing through these maps with one of the original creators that do sort of talking through well, it. Did you have like a, a structured idea for how you were gonna do it or did it just sort of play out? Uh, it just played out I I did play through episode two before we did the stream because episode. I said it before, I barely played through the iWads and I have a hard time remembering stuff like secrets and stuff. Although I'm getting better now after playing uh, the cursed versions. But I did play through it and I did like see some things I wanted to talk about. One example being in E2M4 at the exit door. Uh, there are exit signs attached to the ceiling. And below that is uh, a blood-damaging floor. But underneath the exit signs, there's suddenly like tiny rectangular green toxic flats. And I'm like, Sandy, why are there uh, like toxic flats here? Like very small, almost you cannot, you can barely see them. And he's like, oh, oh yeah, this room used to be a, a green toxic floor instead of blood. You know, stuff like that. Very, like, small trivia about uh, the map-making process. And then he also talked about uh, E2M6 being his first map. And it was actually his job interview map. So he applied for the job, and they're like, okay, make a a Doom level. And then we'll see if you're hired or not. Mm -hmm. And funnily enough, E2M6 is probably people's favorite episode 2 map, or even favorite Doom 1 map. Mm-hmm. So, Sandy has a lot yeah. of good maps, and a lot of good maps in Doom 2, actually. A lot of the ones people really like from Doom 2 are actually Sandy maps. You know. He's the best mapper, period. Whoa. That's, that's strong. <laughs> yeah. I think it depends. Well, yeah. It's very dependent on which episodes you like the most in Doom 1, okay. I think. We're not going to talk about uh, the map that shares your name. 
It's a rough one. But yeah. But tricks and traps, the pit, um, mm-hmm. monster condo, those are all my all time favorites. Iconic. Yeah. Was uh he, uh, dare, he dared to experiment. That's uh, what I liked. Was he Spirit World as well? Is that him? Yeah. Yeah. I I people really hate that map, I think. Uh, is the general uh, idea I get, but I personally, as a kid, I love that map, uh, and I, I still uh, have a soft spot for Spirit World. I, as a kid, loved it as well because it was like this creepy, hellish world in Doom 2. Mm-hmm. And now I think uh, it's... I don't mind playing it, but it's a bit of a weird map. Like two three invulns, two masterman, yeah. <laughs> the Archfar Throne, the... Shootable wall to open the exit. <laughs> There's some weird the fake stuff, wall. But... Yeah, I feel like but I appreciate that's... that weird shit more. Uh, the more I make maps and uh, and sort of. Well, like I said, he liked to experiment, and uh, some experiments work out, some don't. But I think Spirit Worlds worked out quite well, but just in a way that just doesn't play that well. Maybe it's the enemy placement or something, but. Oh yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it plays great. There's a lot of weird. Once you get better at the game, I guess, like the way the revenants are all jammed into that doorway, and then, oh, yeah. but there is something about them all spilling out of that little room. As a kid, I was like so panicked to tackle that room because I wasn't efficient with my invulns or anything when I was like seven. So, right, a lot of the time I wouldn't have one, and all these revs yeah. just pouring out, and then you know they fill up that whole upper area, and I'm like scrounging around for ammo and stuff because I didn't use it efficiently and. I have fun memories. Good map. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, so we talked a little bit about Doom Eternal. Um, sort of jumping around a little bit here, but um, was the sort of a temptation with Doom Eternal, Doom twenty sixteen, to like move into content for those games as they got really popular and and brought in new people to the Doom community, or were you always just going to stick to Doom no matter what? No, I was going to stick to classic Doom because. Doom 2016 is fun for, well, once you beat Ultra, Night- uh, Ultra Nightmare, you're kind of done with the game. Yeah, right. And yeah, there's just nothing really else to talk about. Okay, maybe, I don't know, uh, the scripting or the AI or something that is, I think, visible if you open like the game files. But I don't know, really, I think it's with most modern games that it's too complicated in a way. To do all the research and look for all the files and stuff. Right. Yeah. Uh, Doom. You just have okay. You open source. You just go to GitHub. You pull the code in there. And you're done. And yeah, a what file? I can easily find all the textures and sounds and music. But for modern games, it's a lot more trouble to dig through all the content, and it just doesn't interest me at all. And there were other like YouTubers talking about Doom Eternal, like Under the Mayo, that he made in- incredible Doom Eternal videos. I would just never surpass that kind of quality. So I just, yeah, stuck to classic Doom and did the, the real Doom Eternal pros or um, experts to make the videos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fair enough. Well, yeah, I mean, I suppose Doom, classic Doom, has more longevity in terms of content for the most part. Uh, I mean, so oh, many yeah. keywords to choose from, and you know, you can even so many mods and uh, quirks and source ports. Like, I still want to make a video about all the boom changes, like the boom engine changes, and yeah. 
uh, maybe even MBF has this has these weird bugs that I want to talk about. So it's not just strictly its software's doom that I want to make that I want to talk about, but also stuff that is now popular like Boom, MBF twenty one. I did make a video about Boom's RNG, for example, which was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, even old versions of Z Doom would be kind of interesting. Uh, that's an interesting little. Oh yeah, snapshot <laughs> in the Doom community. I think I had a channel on my Discord about uh, the differences between GC Doom Strict and just classic Doom, like uh, Vanilla slash Limit Removing. Um, there are very subtle changes, but it's a project I've been trying to get to work for like almost two years, I think, to find all the differences between GC Doom Strict and Vanilla Doom. But uh, kind of abandoned the idea because it's just too much work. Yeah. And let's just say I always say, okay, in GC Doom, physics are slightly different. Uh, Mankibai, when they do their second shot, their shot is fired at a, I think, eleven degree offset instead of twenty-two. Um, you know, it's like the tiny things like that. And in GC Doom, you cannot do thing running, but in Vanilla Doom, you can. But then again, who cares about thing running? How many maps use thing running? You can't skip lines, right? Either in uh, GZ. I don't know that. Pretty sure That's you can't do line dev skips, or if you can, they're like uh, extremely difficult. I'm pretty sure. I do know you can do glides. I do know that. Um, well, the ghost, all ghosts bugs, of course, fixed. But then again, that should be fixed in general. Mm-hmm. Like, I I used to have the emulation turned on. But now it's off because it's just not worth risking uh, killing your run because some stupid <laughs> yeah. uh, intercepts that overflow. Would be brutal, actually, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I wonder if that Mancubus angle thing is to help mitigate the fireballs clipping through walls and stuff. No, it's it's software just made a mistake. Oh. They. they yeah, I'm not sure how the code is, but I think they accidentally um, subtracted the offset from the other offset instead of zero minus the offset or something. So the offset is, I think, more than it's supposed to be. Oh, I see. I, I have to look at the code to exactly remember. But the <laughs> offset for the second shot is wrong. It should be 11 instead of 22. The only specific bug I remember from Doom, uh, GZ Doom strict boom compatibility uh, was when I remember King Dime was playing through Flotsam and he got to my map in Flotsam and he was playing with Boom Strict compatibility on and every monster in the level got released all at once because... Oh, maybe it's a conveyor belt yeah, uh, there was issue. some problem with how the conveyors worked and the way I yeah. built them. I'm pretty sure I stopped building them this way, but I used to build them by having the... Uh, it was like a lowered ceiling and it was clipped into the Voodoo doll to stop him from moving. But oh, yeah. in GZ Doom and certain other ports, I guess with this strict compatibility on, he would just, I think he would be going so fast that he just clips through uh, <laughs> the little thing he was stuck in and it would just activate every Voodoo at once. Is it also the conveyor belt speed also different? Sometimes. I'm not sure how it works, but it is, I've read yeah. that Z Dooms, especially on very low speeds. Yeah, I think you want to keep your uh, your line devs that you use for 
um, creating your conveyors, 32, I think that's supposed to be the most consistent. Uh, I think that's what Bridgeburner said anyway. But uh, I think Zandronum and GZ Doom and Boom and uh, Z Demon, they're all different in how they handle conveyors, I'm pretty sure, which is hideous yeah. for testing across boards. But there you go. The joys of multiple yeah. uh, gameplay. Yep, I've uh, read a lot of horror stories about that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm curious about. You've sort of talked a little bit about your other channel where you do uh, music work and, and things like that. I'm curious how you got into making MIDI in the first place. Do you have a musical background? Uh, no, I don't. I have zero knowledge about music theory or anything. I just I just began placing notes. I'm like, oh, that sounds pretty good. And then I made a like a song that sounds good. I'm like, oh, this is actually pretty fun. Mm-hmm. And I think I mentioned earlier in this podcast about um me making a mod for doom back in 2008 2009 right yeah so i'm gonna talk about that a little bit um it was pretty much a mod where i you know ms paint doom Uh, yep like all the all the sprites textures everything is redrawn on ms paint Mm -hmm. so i had that idea way before ms paint and I called it Paper Doom, kind of like a Paper Mario kind of idea. I don't know why it was paper, but everything looked like MS Painty. And I uploaded a video on YouTube, and a person named Peter sent me a, a private message on YouTube. This was before. Um, this was back when YouTube still had like friends. Yeah, and friend each other and message each other. Yeah. So he's like, hey, uh, this looks cool. I would like to um, help you. So he sent me, he gave me his email, and then we started talking on freaking Amazon Messenger. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it was actually pretty advanced, Amazon, because you could have like a little Dropbox, like file sharing kind of feature. So we just dropped all the textures that we worked on onto that, like in, in the right. cloud, you could say. This was back in 2008, so it was pretty advanced for the time. Uh, was very limited though, but that's how we shared textures and stuff. So uh, we did all the weapons, and then Peter was a bit more ambitious. He's like, "Hey, I'm gonna make um, custom weapons because this was like skull tag, I think." Uh-huh. That's by the way the source board I used back then after Doomsday skull oh, tag. Doomsday into skull tag. Now that is yeah, interesting poor trajectory. Yeah, but I never got into multiplayer. So. Oh, okay. So Peter just yeah started making custom weapons, and then he said, yeah, let's also make custom levels. I'm like, okay. Uh, I never made a level for it, but um, Peter also wanted to make custom music for the, for the levels. And neither of us have, have ever made a MIDI before, so we uh, started experimenting. We found out about uh, Fruity Loops, which uh, I won't deny, I pirated that uh, back then. I was young, okay. I didn't. Work, I didn't a have a job. I didn't have a job. <laughs> um, so yeah, we just figured it out uh, how to make midis using Fruity Loops, and uh, I made a terrible, terrible, horrible midi that I still actually have. I still have uh, my first midi on this on my computer. Wow. I you should upload I it. I'll, I'll link it in the description. 
<laughs> uh, maybe I'll upload it to my junkyard channel. Yeah, yeah, do that. So. It's basically I was in my face of yeah, metal is the only music uh, worth listening to. You know, like everything else is bad. Uh, mm -hmm. the, you, I don't know if you know about know about these copy pastas like uh, you say One Direction, I say Slipknot. You know. That kind of uh, those really old Facebook of... memes. <laughs> yeah. I remember them yeah. well. So my media was pretty much uh, metal, metal, Metallica, metal kind of uh, media, and people somehow liked it when I uploaded like a video playing through a level that used that media. But uh, that's how I started. That's how I made my first media, mm -hmm. and then um, I did have guitar lessons in real life for a couple of years but i wouldn't say that really helped much if anything I, I would say it was the other way around making midis help me understand like the the frets on the on the the fretboard notes and stuff uh, i knew which notes i were playing for example right yeah and what what sounds right and what doesn't sound right mm -hmm. and yeah over time i just made midis once in a while i think i made at least a hundred in the last decade and the best ones i've uploaded to my Bandcamp, and unfortunately the others i lost due to a hard drive failure oh good That's so I, I lost i lost i would say 90 percent of my midi oh, files man. that sucks yeah That's but i i did upload them to youtube before they died but it, it means that I don't have the original files anymore, so, so like I cannot edit them. compressed or... audio as well, I'd imagine. Yeah, well, it's MIDI, so I don't know how much more... Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Maybe it's not that bad. it can sound. <laughs> well, Doom but... is like a compressed format, I'm pretty sure. Again, it's like 8-bit MIDI or something. You mean the original Vanilla Doom? Or you mean... even Boom... Boom will play anything, I think, but if you want to use... Um... If you want to use a, like a WAV file for it, it has to be compressed down. Yeah. I'm not sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I made a lot of MIDI's in the last decade. And I, um, the first MIDI that I really made for Doom was for Doom Kids project, uh, Mid the way it did, mm -hmm. where I had a, um, I had to make the MIDI for Nirvana, Map 21. Yeah, I saw this. That was interesting. Yeah. So I made this weird, like, uh, not sure what the name exactly is. I think I call it sludge metal. It's like very down tuned that and very. Is, yeah, real. Yeah. Yeah. Melvins and stuff like that. Sludge metal. Yeah, I just wanted to make a weird MIDI for my favorite map. So something that, uh, expresses my thoughts so i down tune stuff like i think it's a trumpet kind of sounds like a wet fart so <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i think it's a really fun midi it's kind of short but then again the map is short but it was really fun to make and doom kid was really excited he's like yeah i've been listening to this for like the last couple of days and it keeps getting better and better <laughs> so wow he loved that wet fart sound yeah yeah uh, and I think he li he likes the like the sludgy riffs. Yeah, like right. down tuned. Well, if you haven't listened to Melvins and you like that kind of sound, you should check them out. You might like them. All right. Uh, 
So you moved on from doing that, and then you also did uh, MIDI for TNT Evolution MIDI pack and the oh, yeah. Vendetta pack. So how did you get involved with those projects? So Cami, he was the project lead of the TNT MIDI pack. He uh, DM'd me on Discord. And I believe, I may have to actually reread the first message he sent me, but I could be wrong, but I think he was um, impressed by my Nirvana MIDI, I think. I'm not sure. But he somehow found a way to, uh, he found a way to my MIDIs. I'm not sure exactly how, but um, he invited me to try out Map 20. And I'm like, okay, so... Well, I made it. It uh, the result was much better than I expected. Like I, I was really in the groove with this media, and I think it was my most popular media with like ten thousand listens, I think, on YouTube. Mm. And I uh, got approved by Thomas Tang, the original author of the of the media, because my re- my media is pretty much a, a remix. Right. So that's like the motives and stuff of the original Horizon media. And um, yeah, it worked out really well, and I'm still really proud of that. And then I got approached again, and Kemi's like, "Hey, um, can you also do Map 21? Because uh, Gustavo 6046 is having a bit of trouble with it." I'm like, "Okay." So um, I took Gustavo's MIDI, which was kind of an ambient uh, kind of uh, yeah track. Didn't really fit Map 21. So I kind of, yeah, made it more metal-ish, and right. I, added, I added stuff like a saxophone solo because, you know, I don't know, elevator music. I don't know. <laughs> um, no, that one also worked out really well. So thanks to Kemi, the, uh, I could make those TNT MIDIs. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of fun making them. And what about for Alien Vendetta? What was um, what was sort of the process like making MIDI for that? Did you have to? Did you play through the maps you were working on to try to gauge the atmosphere? Were you trying to capture something about the entire ward, or, or was it mostly like you just wanted to make uh, something kind of fun that you thought might fit? Okay, uh, I don't like Alien Vendetta. That's uh, interesting. I don't enjoy playing through it, and I'll be honest with you, I didn't play through the map that I had to make a MIDI for. Uh-huh. Uh, not until I finished the MIDI, and then I just played through like the first five minutes to see if the MIDI fit or not. It did, fortunately, so I didn't have to play the entire map, but Kemi pretty much approached me, said, uh, hey, uh, you, had, uh, you, you made great MIDIs for TNT. Uh, do you also want to make one for Alien Vendetta? And then he just described what it should, sh- what it should sound like. He said it should be like creepy, uh, atmospheric, and that's pretty much it. So those that description is all I needed to make the MIDI. And I did make some uh, dark ambient kind of yeah MIDI that uh, sounds very evil, but then it kind of chills down and almost sounds hopeful in a way. I like adding like these, like, um, I wouldn't say happy, but um, like sections in the in the major key, for example, with strings and stuff. I love I love the strings. Uh, I'm not sure how familiar you are with the MIDI instruments, but not not uh not especially. I like there's like this yeah. there's like the string ensemble one and two. They sound like very heavenly, 
and they really give like a heavily yeah, sound to your MIDI. I love using that. I think I use it in pretty much every MIDI I make nowadays. So. But yeah, um, Map 28 was made out of a, a short description by Cammy. Right. And uh, he approved. He really liked it. It's interesting hearing you say that you <laughs> you don't like Alien Vendetta very much, mostly because it's been very heavily praised on this podcast. A lot of people really were introduced. Uh, yeah, Skillsaw, big Alien Vendetta, Vendetta fan, for instance. That's sort of what got him into making his style of maps in a lot of respects, I think. And I'm sure he played it back in when it was released, 2001? Yeah, he would have played it around then, yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, I first played it... I think three years ago, so I was kind of spoiled with that's fair. Um, other watts. To be fair, I played it. I played it f relatively recently too, maybe around that same time, and and I thought it was. I mean, I could see all of its flaws, obviously, but compared to Hell Revealed, I th I thought it was a far superior yeah, experience well, personally. I like Hell Revealed because of nostalgia, so that's my excuse. That's fair. Yeah. And Alien Vendetta, um, I like my. 25 that's also one i showcased on my channel because it got submitted and um i don't know it's just there's something about the aesthetics that i don't really like <laughs> it's hard to explain i just playing through it just I, there was there weren't any moments where i thought oh this is uh this is actually pretty fun maybe the first episode is fun because it's just a bit more run and gun kind of gameplay Mm -hmm. which is, yeah, Doom doesn't fail at that. But once you need to start cleaning up like large groups of enemies, it just gets tiring. That's fair, yeah, for sure. I definitely but hey, didn't it's just my opinion. It, but I thought it was, uh, I thought it was more enjoyable than I expected, I'll say that. I went in with very low expectations after playing Hellraiser yeah. 1 and 2, and then I was like, hey, you know what, this has, uh, some more interesting set pieces, I thought. <laughs> Maybe. Right. But, you know. uh, in terms of MIDI, um, did you have sort of influences in MIDI? Was it mostly just metal music, like that kind of thing? Or, or did you listen to other people's MIDI? Like you mentioned uh, Jimmy uh, on and, and stuff like that. Uh, Jimmy was not exactly an influence, although I do love his MIDIs. Mm -hmm. I would almost say SL4 is a. Uh... Yep. Influence like the first couple of Back to Sun X music uh, midis are like incredible. Yeah, for sure. Um, those I really enjoyed. I think the Plutonia MIDI pack midis were also quite inspiring. So in a way, Jimmy is in, uh, is an influence. Mm -hmm. yeah. But uh, I would say I think I developed my own style in the end with all the the strings and the Kind of like percussion-heavy stuff. That's what I like. Mm -hmm. And would you like to do... I'm presuming you'd like to do more MIDI work with uh, map makers and stuff, or maybe if you make your own... What you said you're doing a bit more mapping? Make a Well, I... Soundtrack. Nowadays, I only make MIDIs as background music for my analysis videos. Oh, okay. So, yeah. At the beginning of the year, I thought, okay, I've been using other people's MIDIs for too long now. And okay, they get like credited and stuff. They get a link to their Bandcamp or to their whatever Spotify. But uh, I don't know. It felt a bit dirty that I was like, well, obviously, it generates ad revenue. 
Yeah. But it felt like dirty, like, oh, I use someone else's music. Right. Um, so I kind of changed my mind and I'm going to make my own just chill background loops that are not too complicated. That's cool. I like that a lot. Yeah. I, like, I mean, I still uh, use people's midis, like maybe at the outro, mm-hmm. like what it's like for like 20 seconds or something. Yeah, sure. I mean, I like that you're conscientious about it, you know. I think a lot of people, especially bigger YouTubers, you know, a bit more flagrant yeah. about what they consider fair use in quotation marks. Yeah, it kind of frustrates me when I see like a thumbnail uh, with art that is clearly not made by uh, the, the worst, YouTuber. Yeah. And that I do not credit the person or they use music in the video without credit. That's really a pet peeve of mine. Yeah, I mean, I guess the music's very stringent now. Like, you can't really get away with it too easily. But uh, stealing artwork, unfortunately, um, I do see that a lot and it also frustrates me. I think you should have some, at at least attempt to understand, like, copyright and fair use and stuff when you're making that kind of thing. But uh, I guess a lot of people don't. Uh, Well, I suppose uh, with with that question, we now reach the final question which uh, you said you've listened to the podcast before, so you know what's coming. Um, I'm always a bit concerned uh, when people have heard the podcast before that they're going to try and pick, like, a crazy answer for this, but, you know, I I always want it to be... My favorite monster? Yeah, what is it? Favorite enemy? Favorite monster. I was thinking about this question yesterday, (laughs) and, well, the obvious answer is Archfile. I think... Yeah. Many people said Archfall. It's the most interesting, um, mechanically speaking. Like, uh, STX file said it really well. Like, you have the Archfall jumps, you have the weird quirk that it has like instant targeting. Like, if you shoot it, it will instantly switch targets. And also the other way around, so if you let an enemy hit a fireball, they will ignore you and attack uh, the enemy instead. It just, yeah, it's like fast, uh, large health pool, no pain chance. Uh, Resurrections, it's the most interesting enemy for sure, and also offers like stuff of uh, stuff like area of denial. Um, can create a lot of pressure by yeah, releasing it in a group of corpses, you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, I want to say Archfall, yeah, but um, my dog is drinking water by the way, I'm not sure if you can hear it. That's great, but I love it. I also want to say. I almost want to say the Revenant is my favorite. Mm-hmm. Also, purely, be- purely for the um, movement required. To it really keeps you on your feet. Like you have to keep moving if you want to get rid of like a big group of revenants. And, and unlike, let's say, a big, of, big group of imps, all the fireballs they follow like a linear uh, trajectory. So you can just go from left to right, and they will never hit you. You exactly. just keep strafing and shooting. But revenants really offer, like, like let's say there's like five sniping revenants and there's like a cluster of 10 revenant missiles chasing you all while you're fighting these imps. It suddenly becomes a lot more interesting because you have to dodge the linear trajectory of the imps' uh, fireballs. But in the meantime, you have, kind of have to do like a figure eight to not get hit by the cluster of, uh, of uh, revenant missiles. And it gets even worse if you're like fighting on a bridge or something that you yep. really have to not fall off into the instant uh, kill floor or something or damaging floor. So 
it's really tough, but I'm going to go for the Revenant just because of the homing missiles that really change uh, your mobility or limit your mobility, maybe even. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, you're in good company. We've had uh, a lot of people pick the Revenant as well. Rubix chose the uh, Revenant, so... Uh... Yeah, I kind of forgot what some people said, so I wasn't sure if the Revenant was really chosen, but I'm not surprised that it did. Oh, yeah, well, I mean, at this point, there's, there've been quite a few options already picked. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the Revenant is obviously a common choice for anyone who's mapped with them and used them in things as well, because they're so versatile. And yeah. uh, lots of interesting factors, like you said, um, they're really interesting as turrets compared to other enemies, because once the rockets are at a downward angle, that affects how the homing works, and... So you've got to deal with, like, rockets coming at you from weird angles and, and things like oh, that. Oh, yeah. Uh, I kind of abused that in my uh, Pugers map, by the way. A bit off topic. Oh, that's I'm not sure if, you, if you've seen that map. Like, there's a... Well, the whole gimmick of uh, map 27 of Pugers is that missiles chase you. And you have to use those missiles to solve puzzles. And one of them is to hit a Commander Keen that is way, way, way above you. <laughs> so you have to ride up a lift... And then the missiles have this weird acceleration going on when you oh, yeah. uh, change change like the Z axis. So the missiles just fly up like way way above your head, and then they hit the, the keen, and then you can uh, open the door. That's cool. I just I, I just wanted to say that because I still think no one has ever done that before, before, as far as I know. Well, or maybe a weird maybe a weird no ye uh, a weird no ye map did that, but I haven't seen them all yet. Uh -huh. Revenant rockets also have the property that they can activate certain line def triggers, I believe. Oh yeah, that's also what I abused in the yeah. Pugger snap. I remember, because I've talked to Rubix quite a bit about that functionality, he's messed around with it a bit, but um, he did mention that someone had made a map where you did puzzles in similar I ways. think it was a Noyi. Yeah, maybe it was a Noyi map. Yeah, that's quite possible. But yeah, um, I suppose that brings us to the end. Revenant, a great yes. choice. Uh, very good, very good uh, monster for sure. Yeah, uh, Archval an honorable mention. Uh, it always is an honorable mention. People always have to bring it up because it is. It's the correct choice, if I'm honest. Yeah, uh, it's the most interesting uh, enemy for sure. Yeah, I think so. Uh, well, it was an honor to have you on. It was great. Uh, really good discussion. Found out a lot of things I didn't know, and um, I really enjoyed watching your content and um. I found out a lot about like a lot of other doomers because you you also like to share other people's content and stuff, which I really like about you. Um, so yeah, it's been wonderful having you on, and and thanks for agreeing to be on, and and uh, you know, be good to chat with you in the future sometime, perhaps. Yeah, thank you very much for the for the kind words. It was uh, indeed an honor to be here, and uh, yeah, I wish you the best of luck with the future future podcasts. Yeah, and the same goes to you for your channel. Which is, uh, I mean, you don't need the luck, but um, <laughs> I do wish you luck mm. for it too. Thank yeah. you. Thanks again. All right. Well, that uh, that'll wrap it up, and see you next time.